0: that we spend nearly as much time working on the headlines as we do on the story because we because because we're purely digital we're not in a newspaper we're not you know on some massive website at least not when we started so the whole idea is that your stories are going to be out there in the big bad internet world and they have to compete but they can't be clickbait my name is Yinka Adeguke I'm the editor of Quartz Africa
1: This is a special podcast about journalism innovation in Africa. I am Dickens Olewe. Quartz Africa launched in 2015. Since then, it has carved a niche for itself as an influential source for news and analysis of African business and tech, and much more. I reached out to Yinka to talk about the story so far. I started by asking him about the market opportunity that led Quartz to launch an African edition.
0: Um, I think... um as a young digital brand at the time um, Quartz had always from day one uh, thought about covering business global business and economics in a new way um, and understanding the way the internet in particular had influenced uh, this change was changing the world uh, you know in big and profound ways and that as a a media organisation that was started in in New York. Um, it wasn't going to be restricted to just covering the United States, but it was always going to be global, and that it was going to do that in a different and uh, different way with the new approach. So yes, yeah, so I started in New York and opened offices in London and then Hong Kong, and then um, wanted to uh, get to India and. Did that, and um, I came on board and um, launched the Africa coverage. And the whole idea was that not enough people are covering these some of these markets, especially uh, the, the so- so-called developing markets, um, in terms of business and economics, with a kind of more global view. They tend to just want to cover these. Uh, countries and these markets just to sort of serve the readers um, in the UK or in the US rather than, you know, it being a sort of, you know, all-round thing, a 360-degree sort of coverage where, you know, if I'm writing about Kenya, I'm telling Kenya something they, you know, don't know as well as something that's interesting to someone who's in in London or, or Hong Kong. So it's just, it's kind of a different uh, way of
1: thinking about it. Some countries in Africa have very vibrant publications. I'm just curious whether, uh, you know, what was uh, what what was the opportunity there f- for Quads? I mean, did what did Quads see that these publications were not doing that it thought that you know we'll enter this market and this is how we're going to change the game.
0: Um, I don't think it was so much specifically about you know entering and changing the game. And even when we say vibrant markets, um, you know there are all kinds of you know sort of question marks that I, one could go into. But in truth, it, it's more about being uh, well. To take take a step back, I mean, Quartz right from the start here in the United States, um, where I am right now, was one of the cutting edge digital um, publications, and you know, had something new to bring wherever it went. Not necessarily better, but something new, something different. Um, and, um, you know, we had always pushed the boundaries on uh, our digital production and our creativity, and certainly in terms of the quality of our of our editorial. Um, and that was the kind of hope, that we're, we're bringing something new to, to markets where... Um, helping to raise the game. Um, it's less about competing on traditional news stories. We always come at things from a slightly different, so a slightly more globalist, but not in the political sense, but just more uh, with a more global view uh, than a typical newspaper in Nigeria or, or Kenya or, or South Africa would, um, where, you know, it's always interesting to people to see how the world understands them. But it's I think what's different here is that just because you are reporting on something with a global view it doesn't mean you're writing about it and ignoring the people that you're writing about. Now, that's kind of what's different.
1: Now there are people who will probably be listening to this conversation and never heard of quotes. I mean yeah, That's fine. <laughs> Can you just uh, maybe, if you could just take us through the range of products you have, especially when it comes to Africa?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we we're um, as you know we're digital only brand. We um, produce. Uh, we started obviously with a traditional website, but since then we have launched many products. So I, mean, I think we launched our our website and our newsletters. Uh, almost simultaneously, our daily brief, which um, also has a weekend brief and has since evolved into um, the Africa Weekly Brief as well, which we put out every Sunday and is extremely popular. Um, but then we have two apps, um, one for, you know, breaking news, which has uh, an artificial intelligence kind of um Technology behind it, which you know is like you're having a conversation with uh, with Quartz about the news. Um, then we have our, our Quartz app, which is really more about commentary and discussing the stories, which is you know doing a lot of the stuff that you have on Twitter, and Facebook, but bringing it to a more, if you for want of be a better word, sanitized environment, so you're not you know you're not getting all the trolls and everybody else involved in your conversations. Um, we have um, so many different things. I'm trying to remember them all. We have uh, vertical editions, which means uh, we have Quartzy, which is our lifestyle edition, and uh, Quartz at Work, which is, as it says at work, it's about uh, uh, you know the workplace in, and modern and how modern. Our modern workplace is changing and evolving and focused on the kind of things you might have seen in our business review. Um, Obviously, we have the Quartz India edition as well as Quartz Africa edition.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm I'm curious about, um, you know, this range of uh, uh, products that you... You know, we just talked about this uh, the, uh, several editions, but I'm also curious about the um, the platforms that you use to to push out your products. I mean, you have mobile apps, the newsletters, messenger bots. And uh, can you share with us which platforms you see mostly being used in Africa?
0: Traditionally, it's the, obviously the websites. And um, our, we also have our um, Atlas platform, which we put out a lot of our charts on. Uh, we're known for that for sharing data and sharing uh, information that we have you know're sort of breaking it down and making it really easy that's very popular uh, in Africa and we've even had an atlas for Africa kind of project where we work with newsrooms across Africa on on how to use um, on how to use the pl- platform and that's a you know it's it's a very simple thing but it's kind of important because if you as you know as a As a journalist in Africa, particularly if you're doing business or uh, economics, and sometimes even when you're doing politics, um, uh, one of the big issues across the continent is a lack of data. And even when there is data, there's a lack of transparency about the data. Um, And one of the things that we focused a lot on with our Africa coverage is really just highlighting very simple data. There's nothing, this is not fancy, this is this is not those sorts of infographics with all sync whistles and bells and all that stuff. This is really just basic stuff about how economies work and how um, and how um, sometimes even just basic things about culture and and uh, politics. So we're just just breaking them down into numbers so people can see for themselves, um, you know, how things are working. Um, so that's been a huge one for us. Our newsletter has been um, probably the one of the most the most successful ones at quartz uh, just in terms of its uh, engagement people have um, you know signed up for that in in large numbers and have uh, and is always one of the most opened um, newsletters overall of course of has quite a few newsletters now so um, yeah. So as far as Africa is concerned, uh, those have been big. Yeah, uh, the app has also been popular once we launched it on Android. And I think for the first few months or a year, it was just on iOS, which, as you may know, is not as it does not have as much uh, penetration in, in African markets. But once we got it onto Android, it's been uh, been quite successful, and we're going to some time point in Q1, we'll we'll do a big push for. Um, for our newer app, the Quartz app, which is our um, sort of message board commentary uh, app for people where people can discuss stories. So we're gonna do a kind of an African push for that because one of the things that we do with that is we get, um, you know, sort of well-known thought leaders um, that we have this on our, you know, we have um, Richard Branson and Arianna Huffington and people like that who kind of help lead conversations. Uh, We're gonna get a few people uh, on board for um, a few African thought leaders to, you know, to get people engaged and, and, and using the platform. And, and by the way, one of the things that Quartz is known for is that we're, we're about the com- the quality of the conversation and not just about Quartz stories. So you'll see in our newsletters, we promote stories from other places. We think they're they're, they're really, um, you know, uh, original and. and and telling a story that uh, we don't have, um, and we'll do the same on our on our platform, on our uh, app platform as well.
1: I, I want to talk about the editorial um, content for a bit, but w- could you just tell us, I mean you've talked about the range of, um, of platforms where, again, uh, you're pushing your content to, what's the profile of your audience in Africa?
0: I don't think we, we we don't have a particular profile. I, I I'll go back to the newsletter again and, and say, when we've we've generally always assumed. Listen, we're we're digital-only, so whether that's Africa or anywhere else, but especially in Africa, a lot of our readers are going to be younger. Um, not super young, because again, in Africa. The, these digital access costs a certain level has a certain has certain economic boundaries. But um but definitely well educated. That's been very common, particularly for our newsletter readers. Um, So at the moment uh we haven't sort of gone deep into like figuring out who is specifically here or there because we're trying to reach everyone um or reach as many people as possible. But just by default, by the nature of our delivery, the nature of our platforms, the nature of uh, our focus on quality, um, you know, we're not doing tabloid type news. Um, it just means that there's a certain type of person who's interested in understanding the difference between the, the you know, the debts in, in uh, the, the African debts from Chinese investors versus, you know, U.S. investors. That kind of thing is not, that kind of thing is not for everyone. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's self, self-selecting.
1: I feel like I've known Quartz Africa since before it started because uh, I attended this talk uh, when I was uh, still uh, at Stanford uh, doing this uh, journalism uh, fellowship. And I've been a big fan and I think I've followed uh, the, uh, the publication really, really keenly. And one thing that I've noticed that you pay particular attention to uh, is the headlines because you will find that, um, again, like you're saying, that you, you guys are not necessarily into the daily grind, but it's almost like a, a kind of a measured slow news. But I just, I don't know whether you can just unpack for us what the strategy is if if i'm sure there is something because your headlines they really stand out i mean is, is that like a determined uh, strategy that uh, quotes yeah. us
0: yeah yeah i mean i think that's you know that that's very observant of you and not just because you you say you have been watching it it's because you are an experienced journalist and uh, an experienced journalist will notice that kind of thing whereas you know most normal most uh, listeners who are not journalists you know will, would would more recognise the the style, um, but as journalists, you understand that there's a lot we 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 have this thing that we discuss internally here, and it's funny we don't we don't talk about it as much now because it's so much a part of what we do is that we spend nearly as much time working on the headlines as we do on the story, because we because because we're purely digital, we're not in a newspaper, we're not you know uh, on some massive website at least not when we started. So the whole idea is that your stories are gonna be out there in the big bad internet world and they have to compete. But they can't be clickbait. They have to be intelligent and they have to uh, arouse curiosity, but they shouldn't you know, just be um, you know, uh, misleading in some way just because you wanted to get people to click. Um, so yeah, so we spend a lot of time going back and forth on headlines, literally when we commission stories, we ask the writers, both internally and even freelancers, is before you write this long pitch, just send me the headline. What is the headline of the story you're writing? Because we want you to be able to just pull out that thing in the story, right? Particularly if you're gonna write about an issue that everyone else is writing about. So why should anybody read your, uh, the Quartz story? The Quartz story should have its own voice, should have its own distinct style. People should know, oh, that's a Quartz headline. You know, particularly observing people like yourself who really get this stuff um, should be able to recognize or have some idea. that that sounds like something Quartz to write. Um, and, um, you know, and obviously, there are topics that we tend to focus on a little bit more than others. Um, and we have certain biases towards some topics, you know, but in general, the, 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 the style of the headline or the thought behind the headline um, is kind of, a, it's, a, it's a big thing and, um, you know, it, it's not supposed to be sort of traditional headline ease as my editor-in-chief Kevin Delaney likes to refer to it. As. it, it I headline. The traditional headlines that we all grew up with were from print newspapers, but it made sense for print newspapers to have, you know, shortened form, short language and, you know, slightly weird headline grammar, which is perfectly, it was perfectly fine because they were trying to fit their typeface into a very, into a limited space. But why are you doing that on the internet? It makes no sense. You know, you have to, you should have headlines you should spell it out for people so that you can pull in more readers, right? Frankly, because that's partly the name of the game, but you want to pull in the right type of reader as well. So you don't, you know, you do, you want your headlines to uh, communicate the idea that not only is this an interesting story, it's an important story you should be reading. Because that's the thing that we talk about again here, which is that our story should be at the, uh, uh, at the intersection of in- important and interesting. Uh, you really want to get that across in the news, in the headlines. Now,
1: lots of uh, US and Europe-based publications are expanding to Africa. Um, I mean, Bloomberg, FT, yeah. uh, the, ju- the Journal, and, you know, all these other uh, broadcasters as well uh, are also going on the continent. And I'm just curious whether you can share with me what you think will make quotes stand out in this, you know, great part of uh, a competition.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is the thing I say to every single person, whether they're a, start, a tiny startup or they're a huge, um, you know, like, a, you know, a Bloomberg or Reuters or whatever, is that we're just at the beginning of this game as far as covering particular when it comes to covering business and economics and uh, just being a serious publication. This is the beginning. A rising tide lifts all boats. We need... We need more of these guys on there. They need more courses, and they need more, um, you know, Kenyan, Nigerian, uh, Ivorian, whatever startups doing their own things as well, as well as local newspapers. This the continent hasn't been covered well um, by locals or internationals uh, very well, except in the very kind of. Uh, you know, wait for the disaster to happen, and we'll cover it type of thing. So, th- this is a great opportunity to everyone. The, the internet's kind of made it possible, right? It's made it a little bit more affordable uh, for us to be able to do some of these things. And we should we should embrace it and not worry about. I'm not worried about competition. I, there's just too much to write about. There are 55 countries. Like you know, there's no there's no shortage of news. There's not uh, there's no shortage of of interesting things happening. Um, so, you know, I think it's great. I really do. I, I'm, not be, I'm not remotely concerned about it in a competitive way at all. Expanding. The there's
1: definitely business. a clear appetite out there yeah. to, uh, you know, cover the business and the economics and the tech, which, right, which, right, which is right. kind of what, what, what Quaz uh, covers. So, um, I obviously, you know, competition coming to, to your tough if, if you like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, here's the one way that there's competition. Here's the one very real way there's competition. That's the competition for talent. And that's the, that's the one thing that, you know, um, I think, again, what plays an important role because um, the, the most important thing I think that we do and that I do in my job is to look for talent to develop, to help particularly, uh, specifically local um, talent. Um, to help develop um, uh, reporters and eventually and editors who will work as any range of places, because um, we're kind of in between. We're not the big guys, and we're not, and admittedly, we're not um, a, a totally uh, tiny organization either. So we're kind of in between, and, and developing and working with, with people. We've already had people who've gone on to... Uh, even in this short time going on to work at some of the big uh news agencies and and um and uh newspapers already in just we've just been around for three and a half years so um i want to do more of that and work with uh, more people because that's where the competition will be we definitely need more people who can do um more journalism more quality journalism
1: Tell me about your team. Um, I mean, obviously, the like I said, I'm, I'm really keen. I've always been keen about what um, uh, you you know you guys publish, and I, I, there are a few bylines that I'm familiar with. But I, I always get this sense that it's a small team that obviously punches above its weight. I don't know whether is, is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct. We've always been a very small team, and in part that was you know partly intentional because. We wanted to try and be in as many places as possible, and we can't employ people everywhere. Um, so the the idea is just have a very tiny core team, but then work with a lot of freelancers in lots of the key cities. Um, we're just this whole team is just like five editorial that we will call full time, but honestly, we probably work with well over twenty. People on a regular basis um, around Africa. It's funny because the the idea. It, this is one of those things that the internet has enabled, or the technology built on the internet has enabled, that we can take advantage of a bit more, and and just you know, rather than saying we have to. Um, give everybody a a full-time job and then the thing gets closed down five minutes later or
1: whatever. Uh, I've interviewed several people uh, for this podcast and I've asked them about uh, media trends in Africa. I mean, what do you see uh, for next year as something that, you know, within the space that you see that people should be paying attention to? I, I think
0: we can watch for, because there's more venture capital money coming in to Africa in general, there are more people thinking more broadly about What they could do with venture money. So, I'm hearing more from people who are interested in building media businesses who are looking to raise money with venture capital. And it'll be interesting to see if any of that comes to fruition. Um, Because the more money is coming in, it's not, we could do the hell of a lot more. But that could be a game changer if one or two people raise money. Um, Because right now, all the money is chasing fintech. And some of it is chasing agriculture, which is great. These are both great things, and you know there's some health. But I think that um, I think that we're going to see some people raise money in in media soon.
1: Um, that could be quite interesting. That was Yinka Adegoke, the editor of Quartz Africa. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Dickens Olewe.